ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Charles Kleinberg out of Wyoming. We talk appreciating what you have, a first turkey season, packaged meats, and Kong Valley Collective. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Charles Kleinberg. Charles, thank you, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your evening and uh, sitting down with me. How's everything? Everything's great, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We've been trying to do this for a little while, so... uh, yeah, schedules being what they are, and but here we are, man. So your episode um, on Instagram at CK Royal Tines. So yeah, man, why don't you give us some uh, some background, a little intro? Take it away. Yeah, so I I live in Wyoming, the eastern part of Wyoming. Been here most of my life. I, uh, still here. Got a nice house. Great job. It's perfect for outdoors here. I mean, you got everything from elk, deer, turkey, antelope. I mean, it's a beautiful area here, and I just can't seem to leave. <laughs> but uh, I work as a power lineman right now, so that's a, that keeps me pretty tied up most of the time. I uh, build power line. I see a lot of cool country and what most people never see. I see a lot of wildlife during the day. So that's definitely a plus during September. <laughs> a little scouting during work hours. Yeah, always. Yep. That might be considered cheating, fun. man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for the for us guys that don't get that benefit. Especially for uh, shed hunting, too. I find quite a few sheds when I'm at work. Oh, nice. Kind of worked out perfect for me there. I, uh... I really like hunting, fishing, all of the above. I uh, can't get enough of it. If I could spend all day hunting elk with my bow, I would for sure. I hear you there, man. So elk is the elk is the uh, trigger tripper. Oh, definitely. Yep. Just <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. Just the pure pure magicalness of it, man. Hearing those bugles in the morning all the way until the sun goes down. I'm just a big, beautiful animal. Something about them. I mean, even even without the, the bugling, man, just something about watching them and how they move and their presence and their social interaction with each other is just, to me, it's fascinating. Uh, I don't oh, it is. I think I've sure. ever seen a hooved animal that social. Yeah, they're they're something else, man. They uh, they really intrigued me first time I hunted them. I just couldn't believe the what they were and 
how they moved about at all. Start talking about Wyoming, man. Me and Wyoming got a freaking vendetta that I can't let go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I did watch that video you had. Yeah, that was a bummer, dude. I I love it Wyoming. Was, yeah, but that was a uh, that was a a gut shot for real. Yeah, that's too bad. As long as you had a good experience out here, though, oh, for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I mean, what do you do, right? Because that can, unfortunately, that can happen to any of us anywhere. You know what I mean? It, it I don't know. Oh, you absolutely. put it in perspective, and it's just like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Just hope that you know. I've said it before. I hope that that meat went to good use. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Live and learn. As long as it was taken care of properly and went to what it was meant for. Well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> that was meant for my freezer. Might not have ended in my, the right place. Yeah, exactly. My freezer and my damn wall. <laughs> not some jack leg <laughs> that has to make up a story, man. So, yep. uh, yeah, so how did uh, how did last season go for you, man? This 2018, the past season. Oh, it was it was amazing, man. I uh, I had luck elk hunting with my bow this last year. I got a beautiful bull, but uh, the best part for me last year was definitely the people around me, the friends and family who got into archery for the first time last year. the The morning I got my bull, I had my cousin with me, and she's a couple years younger, not a real big archery fan at all, and she went out and bought a bow and went with me and. That morning, we sat through some cold, miserable wind waiting for those elk to come back because they saw them the night before. And we were trying to get her one. And by the time the sun came up, we didn't see anything. And she was over it she was cold. And we were walking back to the truck, and she spotted about 20 of them. And we hightailed it and worked our butt off to get her the perfect shot. And at 30 yards, that wind just took that arrow. and. Luckily, it was a clean miss, but just the, her face that entire time, I just couldn't believe it. There's no regret, no sadness, nothing. And then I later, was about 20 minutes later is when I got my bull. And her, she just lit up. She just couldn't believe it. So she's all into it now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, she had a blast definitely something about mentoring somebody else and taking them out and getting that, you know, that first experience just in the animals, right? Like you said, she didn't, she wasn't able to notch her tag, but just to get them out there and, and see them light up, man, and grab hold of that passion is just, uh, yeah, it's next level. It is. Yeah. And like we were saying, elk is just, I mean, it's completely different than anything else. And then I had a, I had a really good friend this last year his first time elk hunting and his first time bow hunting too. And, uh, I actually work with him. So I see him every day and that's all he could talk about was getting out there and doing it. And his first time you would think he was a professional elk caller. <laughs> every time that he would let one loose, there was a bull elk standing there and, uh, he ended up making a bad shot and that elk ended up living and we, he saw it a couple of weeks later, but, he just couldn't believe it. And he was just all about the experience. He he was upset that he made a bad shot, but he was just happy to be out there for sure. So that was he catch the fever or what? He did, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to see how much money he spent in the last year on stuff now. He's he's all about it. it it's hard not to be though, man. I mean, it is it consumes me. Uh, to a point, I, it, it's almost, I don't know, it's almost embarrassing, right? Because you, it, it's right. all, it, you just, that's all you think about. It's just constant, man. I mean, from the, from the day I left Wyoming to today, it's like next year is already getting mapped out, right? Okay. This is where I'm going. You start e-scouting or doing whatever you do, but that's it. It's just every single day. There's some type of preparation for next season, 365 days ahead of time, something else. Right. And just like you said, it's all year long that you're preparing and waiting for that. We're what? We're within 90 days, man. 
yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I was, yeah, I'm itching. Your beautiful yeah, state I, rejected me this year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I understand the whole drawing system, but really, really bums a guy out when he doesn't have luck. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's kind of a mixed a mixed thing for me because Wyoming, in my opinion, does very well with their management. And I, and I think that that's right, part yeah. of the reason, right? The residents are taken care of. Um, you guys have great opportunity. Um, but why not limit, you know, the impact of, of people coming from out of state. Right. I mean, it, right. You know, but the, the management scheme in Wyoming, I mean, in my opinion, man, is, is one of the best. Um, from what I've seen and what I know, right? My opinion on that. I'm sure somebody right. will argue it um, and start talking about Colorado having the biggest herd. But when you look at, you know, your your deer population, the antelope, the elk, I mean, it is just game rich. It is. It's very rich for sure. Especially antelope these days. That's a that's another amazing animal. It is. Absolutely. Yep. I've only, you know, prior to going up there, I've only seen, you know, you'll see small, small groups of them or herds of them, you know, maybe five, 10, 11, something like that. Get up there, man. And I'm watching, you know, 30 antelope run together, just, just synchronized. Yeah. It's just amazing, man. There's 30 to 50 in each pasture. It's kind of like ants out here. And they're, they're fun to hunt. Oh yeah. I, uh, I blew it last year, man. I should have, uh, I had an opportunity to hunt them last year and I didn't cause I was focused on elk and full regret, man. Hopefully, hopefully one of these years you can come get one out here. Yeah. I'll, uh, well, I'm going to put in for you guys uh, leftover. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I figure Wyoming is like every second to third year. Um, if I map it for every third year, I, you know, there's no disappointment in that. Um, and it doesn't take much for some good units as far as points go. Right. Yep. So, uh, sorry, man, I, I kind of interrupted you there. So the rest of the oh, season. Yeah. I, like I said, I, the best part about it was just friends and family for me, seeing them get what they wanted out of it, even whether it was just the joy, the adrenaline or just punching tags. I mean, my wife got a beautiful mule deer last year too. And I didn't even go hunting with her. She went with one of my, my great buddies and he got her on one right away. And just seeing her face as soon as I came home and rubbing it in my face, <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. But with that, all that being said too, I, uh, I made a, a really bad shot on a nice four by four mule deer and hit him pretty far back. And, we looked all day and all night for him and it was the second day two days before the season closed and we ended up not finding him at all and we couldn't get permission on the landowners on the other side to look and just turned into a bad deal hopefully no you can go ahead i was gonna say that's a unfortunate side of what we do right and i mean that that sticks with you <laughs> like crazy i mean you just you can replay those things over and over and over in your mind man and you just beat yourself up on them oh absolutely it's a pretty bad feeling when you think that it worked out you got a good shot and then you know you replay everything in your head and the blood isn't adding up and all that i mean it's a pretty bad feeling And, and that's with, you know, you do a lot of shooting, right? So you're preparing and doing right, what, yeah, you, what you should be doing. Um, again, it's just an unfortunate side of uh, what we do. Sometimes it happens. It is, yeah. And not, not everything lines up perfect. You know, we can practice all day, every day. And then it could just be the slightest breeze and it could throw you off as soon as you go to pull that trigger, you know. Or just adrenaline. Maybe you that adrenaline's affecting you different than what you trained for, and nothing just kind of lines up, you know? Yeah, or you haven't. I was reminded you could have a bad shooting day this last weekend. I went up to uh, Oregon for that Hoodoo Northwest Mountain Challenge um, and shot 
was it Friday we started? Yeah, started shooting Friday, shot two courses, man. I could not do any wrong. Um, wow. I mean, just perfect. Every shot was just like, I was impressing myself. You know, you just have one of those really good days. And then <laughs> yeah, go back uh, for, you know, what's considered the the major league course on that one, the pure elevation course, which is, uh, it's a it's a butt kicker, but it is a fun course. And I couldn't do anything right. <laughs> it was yeah. it was so frustrating, man. But it it was actually I appreciated it. One, it kicked my butt physically because I haven't been grinding like I should be. And two, it, it was just a reminder. I don't care how good you're shooting, you know, a day before, an hour before, all it takes is, you know, some bad anchoring or just not feeling it or having that you know, that physical part take over and, and beat you up and, you know, you're sending arrows left, right, and every which way, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that can affect it that, I mean, you can just neglect and not realize what's going on, you know? And like you said, not every day is perfect by any means. But I, I that's part of it though. Right? I, I mean, okay. Cliche, right. But that, that part of it is really, a lot of what keeps us going back that that challenge to just push push yourself and to you know air quotes beat mother nature to a point right you know <laughs> the the stars have to align but a lot of that is is really you know getting through what you can get through if it was perfect every day man i don't know that half the people would continue to do it no i i agree with you there for sure Cause it's not just about, you know, like you said, if it was, per if you were perfect all the time, you definitely want to do it. I mean, part of it's just pushing yourself and seeing what you're made of. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you what, man, that back to that course, uh, there was a point, man, and I was looking up and, and they kind of took you, took you around the backside of, of hoodoo there. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm saying it like, you know what it looks like, but we went up, a, <laughs> <laughs> we went up a road and I'm going to say we did about, about f maybe 400 feet in elevation, maybe. And I think the total gain on that course from the bottom all the way up is probably in the neighborhood of 12 to 1300. Wow. And then, you know, so, you know, maybe 300 feet in elevation on the road and then you hit the end of the road and it was straight up to the top. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. On, on, you know, rock. It wasn't like it was a. Uh, a nice trail it was well, just all gravel <laughs> it was a, yeah had me the way you prefer it though right yeah i mean it, like i said it was a great reminder of where i need to be when season comes you know it was just like man i've been slacking on the working out um I'm not not making excuses but a lot of podcasting has you know pulled time away oh absolutely yeah. so it's like oh man i better stop sitting on my uh sitting on my hands here and get my butt in gear so yeah but it was worth it yeah definitely. It was such a fun shoot man oh i couldn't even imagine i would love to go up there for that it's a blast it's just so many like-minded people man and there's no pressure everybody's just shooting you know if you're like the group i was in for the uh for that pure elevation course um everybody was shooting really well i mean guys were missing you know I, some of the shots were were pretty uh pretty interesting you know cottontail rabbit at 63 yards downhill on a camber <laughs> um but yeah there's no pressure to do anything you know it, it's just it was just a great time that would uh it would definitely be out of my element being just you know shooting around a bunch of people being around a bunch of people i'm sure there's as many people there as there is in my entire hometown you know from just a tiny little town and then that's when my my nerves and stuff would kick up and really test me there for sure. Yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing that I appreciate about that shoot more. Um when I so last year was my first year there and and I had put tons of pressure on myself, right? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna kill it, I'm gonna, you know, elevens, tens, I gotta score, score, score. And you get up there and then you realize that, man, screw the score. You're just having a good time. Like I said, like-minded people, everybody's the, the amount of camaraderie is just unfreaking real, man. Unbelievable. There was people from Wisconsin out there. 
That's insane. Yeah, it was. It's just a great time, and I love Oregon, man. It's just a you know, it's just a good place to spend a week, get out there and shoot and have fun, man. So yeah, anyway, absolutely, enough. especially especially when you're around good people. Yeah, it, that's yeah. No pressure, no pressure. So enough about my <laughs> my hoodoo trip, man. I'm sorry again. Oh, you're good. So you've been doing a fair no amount worries. of fly fishing as well, huh? Yeah, I tried to do quite a bit. I'm a, I won't lie to you. I'm not the best fisherman ever. I, uh, I go out a lot. I do it. I don't, I don't catch a lot of fish, but everyone I go with does. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter if my line was there two seconds before theirs or just right after theirs. I mean, seems like that's just kind of my luck with fishing, but there's, I love fly fishing though. Just being out there, it's just pure art. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I've tried a couple times, but just not, uh, just not something that I've ever really gotten into, you know, I, hunting takes such a priority for me that it's, if I go do something else, it's, you know, half a day or something, I'd rather go hone my skills at the range and, but more and more I'm becoming intrigued with it. We, uh, back to Oregon, we spent some time on the, uh, Metolius river um while we were up there man and getting some of that scenery that you guys get when you're out there on the streams fly fishing i was like i see exactly why these guys are loving this yeah that that's what got me into it my my stepbrother is a huge fly fisherman he's in from the salt lake area and that's all he does but just seeing him in the areas he goes that's i just can't pass up that scenery so that's why i go quite a bit and that uh how long have you been after that? Oh, I've been fly fishing now for, oh, I'd say about five years. So you got a little little bit under your belt, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've caught just a few fish, but like I was saying, I'm not the greatest fisherman by any means, but I definitely. Getting out there and sticking with it. Exactly. Yeah. It It's paid off a couple times. Just got to find a place that has fish in the river <laughs> or where the, fish, <laughs> where the fish will bite you and not everybody else. Yep. <laughs> it, it's a good time though. I, I really enjoy it. I love the, the amount of work I had put in to learn the technique and just honing that skill. And I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing watching it come to work. So, uh, Turkey, man, you were chasing them this year too. How did uh, how did that all pan out? It's kind of open. You weren't going to ask. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Social media is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I uh, turkey are really deceiving to me. I thought it was just another bird, man. <laughs> the first time I went out, I was out there for two hours, and I called for a little bit, and then spent the rest of the time trying to stock some turkey and got a shot off and what looked like a good shot but ended up him taking off and saw him just that next day standing there like nothing was wrong with him <laughs> and so that kind of bummed me out so I did a lot of studying and I got a notebook together and started writing everything down I could about him and after that I just they just wouldn't come to me I couldn't find them I'd saw see truck signs of them everywhere, but they just they were a ghost to me. Yeah, they're a crazy animal, man. People I I think people underestimate them. And I hear it all the time, you know, stupid bird. But they got some of the <laughs> best damn eyes in the woods, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's like when I tell everyone that, you know, I didn't kill turkey this year. And they're like, Oh, why not? It's just a bird. But like I would just shoot it with my gun. I was like, well, I wasn't rifle hunting. I was bow hunting it. And I mean, it's not just a bird by any means. <laughs> it, it eluded me pretty good. I've heard them call stupid birds, the poor man's ilk. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to see some of these people that say that go out there and just go after it and see if they have any luck. Cause it, I mean, it'll put them, it'll test them. Oh, heck yeah, it will. Even the season guys, man, because, you know, a lot of folks rely on calling them and uh, 
them suckers will come in on a string and then they'll get, you know, 70, 80 yards out and they'll just hold and they'll just pace back and forth, man. You know, some, most times out of eyesight, you can hear them gobbling, but they won't come in any further on that string. It's something else. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely not a stupid bird. I, I will agree with you there. So you went, they, you went from calling to spot and stalk on yours, right? Yep, I did. Yeah, which that worked a lot better for me. Yeah, that's that's always my approach. I, I'm to the point with them, man, where uh, I'll call just to locate them and then figure out how how to get on them. I I just yeah, it's never really panned out. I think I've had one bird come into call that I was able to arrow, um, wow. and everything else has been has been spot and stalk. I'll get them in or I'll hear them, and uh, yeah, I'll just map it out and go. And I actually yeah, enjoy that a little more, I think. Yeah, same here. I'm not a guy who can just sit there most of the time. I got to be moving or doing something. Yeah, sometimes it and, goes, I mean, with those eyes, though, that that becomes an issue with them turkey. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, with me, because sometimes I bet I look like Bigfoot tromping out there. Yeah, and they get you get a few uh, a few birds together, man. And you're uh, like I said, the best eyes in the woods. Trying to beat those guys is uh, yeah, it's something else. It's a blast, though. It is a blast. I did. I really enjoyed it, and I definitely plan on going out this fall and probably every year from now on, just because they proved themselves to me. Yeah, oh, they're definitely worthy adversaries. They are definitely. Yeah, falls a little harder too, though, right? Because they're not—they're uh, not coming into decoys. They're not really responding to calls much. So it's—I uh, think fall is a, a lot harder chase on them. Well, I would say that's disappointing, but I definitely—I <laughs> definitely want the full experience there. No, not to say you can't get it done, but it's—it's it's just a—it's a more difficult task. Right. Of course. Yeah. So can you, what's you guys, uh, your, your bag limit on Turkey there? Is that a couple birds in the fall or can you take hens? You know, I'm, I'm not sure to be honest with you. This is really my first year actually going for it. And I, I just went out and bought a tag and looked at the regs for the tag I bought. I didn't really study it much to be honest with you. Cause like, I honestly didn't know if I was going to enjoy it or not. Cause like everyone said, it's just a bird. <laughs> But this, I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you still gonna chase him with the bow, or are you gonna try and shotgun him? Oh, definitely bow. Yeah, I uh, I like I like being pushed pretty hard, and so archery has definitely been one of those things where it's not just a a get out of the pickup and go, and you can actually take in more of the full experience with nothing against anybody that hunts with a rifle because I know there are more than non people out there that will go out there and do things the right way and just enjoy themselves and do whatever they have to, to get the full experience. But with archery for me, it was definitely, definitely worked out better for me in that aspect. That, uh, I hate using that word intimate, um, but that up close and personal definitely, definitely has a, uh, place in my heart, man. Yeah. And I, and it's just, you know, you can study a lot more when you're up close and personal too on how they're going to react if they ever catch a scent, you know, and stuff like that, instead of doing it from a few hundred yards away, you know? Yeah. But that, I mean, we're going to catch hell for that, but that has its, <laughs> ele- yeah, definitely. <laughs> that has its elements too, right? Cause you start talking, you know, you know, 400 yards, even 300 yards, right? I mean, if you're shooting across a canyon or something, the wind and things of that nature, um, it definitely has its challenges. And I and I won't BS, man. If uh, if I'm getting my butt kicked and I can't close the distance, there's seasons where I've said, you know what, screw the bow, I'm taking my rifle and filling this tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I mean, I still rifle hunt. Yeah, I'll still rifle hunt too. I mean, my family has a nice ranch out here that is just populated with deer and we'll go out there and rifle hunt. But So 
you got uh so your whole family is is out there hunting or yeah most of them yep yeah i have a just my siblings mostly aren't but like my my brother and sister they they were into it when they were younger and they kind of grew out of it and i just i grew into it about the time they quit but my mom my everyone i mean they all they all do it cousins uncles aunts grandfather all of them i mean they were just they're go-getters for sure uh, yeah it almost doesn't sound right to me being from wyoming and not hunting in some way shape or form i just i guess that's a a self-made stereotype i have about the folks up in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you get to a place There's, that's that's game rich and it's just it screams outdoor life, right? I mean it just you know, if you're not in the woods hunting, you're fly fishing or something. Yeah, absolutely. And the people that don't, once they try it once, you know, they're they're always hooked too. So you got a little one too, huh? And you yeah, yeah, I got a, he's two and a half, his name's Tough, he's a, he's wild and a pain, <laughs> he's a, he's a character, he's all about, all about dad, for sure, he, uh, he enjoys just about everything I do, whether it's fishing, shooting my bow, or just hanging out outside, for sure. So you getting him in the woods with you much or at least out on the trail or how's that going so far? You know, he's had a, he's had a lot of, a lot of health problems in last, last year or so. He had a broken leg and then he had a virus get into one of his lymph nodes and that healed over and we had to get that taken out. So outside was kind of cut off for a while, but, um, he definitely, you know, we go out, he rides horses with his mom. I'm not a horse guy, but he'll <laughs> he'll go out and he'll go fishing with me and walk around and stuff like that when we're out there. And now that he's over everything this summer, he'll be out there quite a bit, I think, just to get him out there because he, he loves walking in the trees. And I don't know if he likes his little legs getting tired trying to keep up with me, but he um, definitely loves just being outside and getting it. Yeah, that's uh sorry to hear that, man. I'm I'm glad his uh his health is good now. That's rough with a two and a half year old man going through that stuff. Oh, it is too, but that that kid showed me a lot when he went through all that. He uh he never slowed down one bit. Which makes me feel like a girl because I've slowed down <laughs> over sore throats and all sorts of stuff. A little cough, I can't move for a week, you know. Oh yeah, we're big babies, man. <laughs> right. Especially when mama's around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's a he's a tough little guy for sure. And when it comes to cuz I I call, I use my mouth calls and stuff all the time in the house just joking around with him and I'll I'll grab my diaphragms from my coyotes and start howling and stuff and then here he is with my <laughs> my coyote call and he's going crazy in there. So if anything, he'll be good at calling coyote and that's a that's kind of a, a big deal in Wyoming, more more so than most states or most people I talk to. Um, everybody I've talked in Wyoming, man, is is big on. Uh, I shouldn't say big, but you know, likes to go out and and shoot the dogs, man. Oh yeah, it's a it's a blast. It's nice that it's it's open all year long, and um, I mean it does it may, it helps time pass by for sure. So in the slow days in the winter or something and it's snowing or something and you want to get outside or you want to go hunting or just want to do something. Coyote hunting's always been kind of that getaway. Get out after something. Yeah, because uh, I'm not sure if you heard the County 6 Predator episode with Caleb Newton. He's he's a wild boy. And, uh, man, those guys, yeah, they uh, they get it done on those coyotes up there. Oh, I bet so. Yeah, if you if you got a good group down and know what you're doing, I mean, you can really get into them. Yeah, they had uh, he runs. Forgive me, Caleb. I can't remember the name of it, but he runs basically the biggest like coyote shooting competition in the states. And uh, oh wow, 
he was saying that they were out um, on one of the comps and the guys shot 20, I think it was 25 dogs in 36 hours or 36 dogs in 25 hours, something like that. And I was wow. floored. I'm like, good Lord, man. I mean, that's just, you know, dog after dog. Yeah, that's amazing. There's not much downtime there. No, none at all. None at all. I think it was the the latter of the two. I think it was 36 and 24 hours is what it was. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you're a a 1.2 dogs an hour or something like that. I mean, you're just, you're going after it. And they're on the move too, right? So they're, you know, they're, they're throwing down a setup, calling, nothing. They'll move, you know, call, shoot, can't get nothing, move. So they're constantly going. Yeah, I was I was told growing up like no more than fifteen minutes a stand or something like that. So if you're doing that for you know twenty hours or so straight, that's a lot of getting up and moving to different stands. Heck yeah, right. I mean, you figure four that's, four an hour basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of dedication right there for sure. So uh, you had a post, man. And, and part of that post was the best life anyone could ask for. Um, that's kind of a big statement, right? And to be appreciative of everything you have um, and looking at it in a positive light, and I'm generalizing, broad stroking, is something that I think as a whole we lack. Um, where we, we complain a lot, um, take things for granted, things of that nature, man. So why don't you get us into that a little bit, man, and and, and talk about, uh, you know, the best life anybody could ask for and, and why it's important to appreciate everything that uh, that you have in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the reason reason I say that is I uh, I didn't grow up with much. I mean, my my grandfather was there, and he, w- he was pretty well off, and he would help out my family growing up, and take us kids out doing stuff that like hunting and stuff and fishing a lot with him. And he kind of showed me everything I needed, but without growing up with a lot and, you know, I put in the work growing up to get good grades, enjoy my life. And then, you know, do all the sports that I could with, you know, didn't have the best tennis shoes or nicest clothes or anything like that. And then when I got to college, I, uh, I, I killed it at college. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't going to let that slip away. I got awesome grades, great attendance record, all that. And when I got out, I, I went straight to work a week after doing what I went to college for, which is line work. And, um, I did that for, I mean, I traveled, I've been in Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, everywhere with that. And, I uh, make good money doing it. Now I'm stationary back in my hometown. And I've been here for, oh, five years now, I believe. And I've got a stable home, a nice home. I've got everything I could possibly want or need. I got a family who just, I mean, I'm sure there's times where my wife will disagree that she actually likes me, but yeah. <laughs> But they they absolutely love me, you know, and would do anything for me and definitely always by my side, no matter what. And they let me do pretty much whatever I want when it comes to hunting or fishing. If I tell my wife that, hey, I'm going to go fishing with some buddies or just go fishing by myself or I'm going to go call a coyote for a few hours, like, there's no question about it. They just like, okay, well, have fun. Let me know when you get there. and when you're leaving and which to me is huge because that's for me when I get home from work it'd be nice to have some quiet time as all people want which doesn't happen when you have a kid or a family and then uh just go out enjoy yourself have your some peace and quiet and but also with that being said I have a fantastic kid who is stuck to my hip, who just I would spend every moment of my day with if I could. 
and just show him everything. Let him just watch him enjoy life with things I didn't have. Good. That's that's why I do what I do. I it's not all for me at all. I I enjoy life and happy as I am because of the things I can provide for sure. My kid hopefully will never have to worry about a thing and earn everything that he wants or needs, but be grateful for it and just providing. I mean, that's why that's why I just love my life. I can give my family exactly what they need. Give myself what I want and it's a good feeling for sure. Yeah, it is. Like a t- totally relatable, man. Totally relatable. It makes it all, it makes all the hard work and, uh, and everything worthwhile, you know, all the years of energy and effort. And it, it doesn't seem like it's effort. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Totally relatable, man. Only thing is you're going to catch it because your wife is going to say, I can't believe you said that I didn't like you on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm sure I'll hear about it. (laughs) Damned if you do, damned if you don't. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Mine was listening to the podcast the first, I don't know, maybe a few episodes, right? And then it's just like, okay, I'm done listening. You're doing it every night, whatever. Um. So I got some safety net, man. <laughs> you guys that <laughs> you guys that jump on, wife's gonna listen to it. <laughs> yeah. If mine does, love you, honey. <laughs> That's my cleanup right there. I'll still catch it. So uh that's awesome, man. Yeah, just uh being able to look at family and everything, like I said, that way and, and make all that effort and energy feel like uh like it's not going, I feel like it doesn't go to waste on myself. Right. Yeah, definitely. So Kong Valley Collective, man, you're uh, one of the KVC guys. So this is a collective episode. So why don't you give us some background on on that and how you got involved and um, why Kong Valley, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kong Valley, I mean... They're, they're incredible, man. They really are. Not only what they're trying to do, but the way that they treat people, communicate. I mean, all of it, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, I got introduced to Kong Valley through Christian. And I was actually starting to become pretty good friends with him. Still am good friends with him. Talked to him. And um, I was commenting on one of his posts one day and Jonathan got on there and wanted me to get a hold of him and that's how they kind of brought me in there. And ever since then, I mean it's it's been a blast. I mean, like I was saying, the way these guys are is just incredible. There's there's no you can't do this, you can't do that kind of deal. I mean they're supportive and everything that you could possibly want to do or you do do. With no judgment at all. You know, they don't say like, hey, you didn't, you're a bad turkey hunter. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're, they're awesome guys. And they, that's another thing too, is, I mean, if you have any questions about anything, whether it's hunting, outdoors, you know, anything at all, any of these Kong Valley guys they will write you back with an answer or any of that without a problem at all. And that's what I really enjoy about it too, is that because I don't know everything. I'm only 26 and I'm pretty young and wanting to learn a lot and need to learn a lot. And these guys, I mean, they're helpful, caring, you know, they, it's just a good group of people. That's a big network too, man. I mean, you got guys, it, it's a diverse group of dudes. Well, I shouldn't say just dudes, right? Because you have, well, because you got, you know, Shay and uh, she's a beast. So I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I said dudes, but I'm going to pull that back because, uh, yeah, she uh, she's next level. 
Um, Aline <laughs> is next level, right? As, as you start talking duck hunting, you big game. I mean, so it's not just guys. So sorry, ladies. Um, we're, we're, we're catching ourselves here. Um, you guys are kicking my ass, <laughs> but yeah, that network to be able to reach out and say, Hey, you know, what about X, Y, Z and, you know, talk about, yeah. Cause everyone's into something different. And I mean, everyone has their own, their own story, you know? I mean, it's absolutely incredible. That's a crazy, crazy growing network. I don't even know what to call it at this point. Collective. (laughs) 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 It's crazy, man. But yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, you know, you got, uh, well, you're right there with Mr. uh, Mr. Luke Elifritz. Yeah, he's only about an hour and a half or so. Chad Bracken. Chad's not, I don't think Chad's too far off either. No, and he's the only person I knew outside of everyone with Kong Valley is Chad. I uh, He used to live in my hometown here for a while, and I knew him through the gym. And I got, that guy is pretty, pretty amazing individual. Mr. Swole, Mr. Dances with Vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched. And, uh, I rewatched that post, man, like four or five times, just dying laughing at that. Man, I thought it was the funniest. <laughs> He's thing. a character. That uh, that Instagram doesn't do that guy justice. I don't think they make a camera big enough for him. He he said he was a goof, man. He said he was a he's a pretty good jokester. Twenty four. Yeah, definitely. He's he's a good guy for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed spending a little time with the man and talking to him and, you know, getting to know him. It was pretty cool. And then to see that freaking mule deer that that guy laid down was just stupid. Yeah, that's incredible for sure. That guy is a beast in the mountains for sure. Yeah, he's out, man. He is out. He's, you know, he's got his dog now. So he's getting that dog trained up for chasing cats. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that guy... One thing about him is it doesn't seem like he takes the easy route when he's out there. Not a bad thing, man. Definitely. No, not, not at thing. all. Looking for that, uh, looking for that challenge. Good on it. Yeah, he's, he's incredible for sure. So you guys ever, you never done any hunting or anything together or you just. No, we haven't. We were, I think it was last year we were talking about, maybe me coming up to elk camp this year it was just a quick little conversation and it didn't it didn't pan out but i'm hoping one of these years i can get together and go out there hunting with him because he's got some pretty good areas up there that are public and i mean it would be it would be perfect to go i would just like to pick some of their brains you know if i can go pick chad's brain a little bit about hunting if i can go even luke you know like i said he's he lives pretty close to me and if i could just if i could go out count with that guy one day and just pick his brain that, <laughs> that would be amazing yeah i think uh just smelling luke's air might uh help us all out on the mountain man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. let me just get around and sniff your air a little bit bro oh um, <laughs> that dude is uh, My- crazy man it, it just a his attitude about it is is what, at least for me, is what I respect the most. Because he's like, you know, you know, I love his, you know, do hard shit. It's just that easy for him, you know. And right, yeah. Doesn't pull any punches with it, man. You know, hey, I've been, this is 20 years of learning. 20 years of just taking it all in, you know. Unsuccessful or not, I'm, I'm learning every step of the way. And I love that. Yeah, he's definitely definitely puts in the work. That is one thing about him that I've noticed is he, he there's no shortcuts with him. Him and uh, Brady Redarath uh, went out on a bear hunt two states away there, and I think they uh, they both tagged out. I think I think it was within a day and a half. Uh, wow! Yeah crazy right i mean just you know hey we're going <laughs> yeah. here we're going here and i talked to brady last week his episode when is it when i when does brady go i think brady's this saturday and uh brady said yeah luke said we're going over here and sure enough man in the day the same day they both got their bears 
And it's wow. not like a home state hunt, right? I'm sure, you know, okay, they've been to the area before, but to, you know, go to that area once a year, once every couple of years and go in, I, I don't know, man, something to me is something about, uh, about the attitude you're walking in the woods with too. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I bet, I bet those guys definitely put in the work to study that area quite a bit. Yeah, some of the country they were in, man, was uh, was pretty straight up and down. I mean, they were, you know, posting and whatnot when they got back. And, I mean, they were pretty much kissing the slope of some of the climbs. <laughs> so they were, uh, they were working. And they took their boys with them. I mean, you know, you're talking young boys took them out yeah, there. Yeah, I saw know. that. That's incredible. Yeah. What an experience, man, just to go, you know what I mean? Just to, even, even without the tag to go out and just have that time with, you know, here, here I go again with, you know, with the buddy, that camaraderie, and then to take your boys out and to start that early with them. And I, I, yeah, just next level. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. That would be, that would be incredible. Oh, you're not too far off of it, man. Get that, get that boy kicking about five or six and he'll be be right there with you boots on the ground yeah i just i definitely just want him to drag my deers for me <laughs> no, drink of water almost spit my water out <laughs> 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 no that was that was definitely a joke <laughs> well you, but you know what's funny about that is so if you if you back up you know 15 20 years 25 years that was the deal man the kids were going along but uh they were totes yeah that's that's how it was for me. I, there was no hunting for me. It was just dragging. But I think there's to a point, right? There's some, there's some value in that. Um, as far as the hard work and the effort that it takes and, you know, being able to take that, that game animal, um, and help put it on the table in some way, shape or form as a child, I think is very important. Yeah, I, I agree with you there because just putting in the work, like you said, I think every kid would, I mean, I don't think they'd like the work by any means, but they're going to appreciate it and learn the how to appreciate it, you know? Yeah, even if that comes, you know, years later, those, those memories um, of that are going to be, yeah, some of the best memories of their life. And I'm sure you look back on it now and appreciate the heck out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So joke or not, yeah, having them drag do. that deer is not going to be a bad thing. No, not at all. Especially in the age of convenience. Everything at our fingertips, man, whenever we want it. We don't even have to leave the house to get food anymore. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You could grocery shop from the couch. That's that's scary. That is, yeah, for sure. Scary, scary time. And I think that's, at least for me, that's one of the things with hunting that I don't know if it keeps me level with it or if it's a balanced thing with it, right? But it, it that convenience, that, that easy access to everything, man, it's just, it, it's stupid. Like there's no effort. We don't have to put effort into anything. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely coming to where, you know, like you said, you can just do everything off your phone now and nobody appreciates it. Or even like everyone says, you don't even know where your meat came from. Right. But where it's guys like us, you know, where I go, if I harvest an animal, I bring it back, I hang it in our walking cooler. And then it's like a family reunion and we all go and cut them up, you know? And then we know exactly, you know, where he was taken from, which I'll remember that spot the rest of my life. And then, you know, who packaged them, who cut up my steaks or who grinded the hamburger or any of that. I mean, I know where it all came from, you know. It's a greater appreciation for that, that animal's existence at that point. I mean, you go get something in a foam and cellophane wrapper, you know, and not to say that, that we don't do it, right? I mean, as hunters, we right. do the same thing. But yep to understand the other side of it, even with the ones that are in the cellophane wrapper, right. To understand that that's an actual life and existence that you're taking. Um, and it's providing for you, man. It's just that appreciation is so much deeper 
than just, you know, walking in, throwing it in the bag and walking out. Yeah, absolutely. So conservation, man, it's, it's always a, a topic on the podcast, man. What's your stance on conservation, right? It's not to put you on the spot, but just to get your insight, your input, and maybe to spark a thought in someone that they haven't thought about before. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago that I really started to, you know, try to learn more and figure out the whole picture of what's going on here. And, uh, I, not for the life of me growing up could tell you what I thought about conservation. I mean, if one, as a young kid, I would have said, yeah, my grandpa or my mom go and kill an animal, you know, which is completely wrong. I mean, it's part of it, it's part of the wildlife management for sure. But I mean, it's everything. I mean, there's conservation. I mean, it starts out there, you know, it's plants, animals, trees. I mean, they're just as important as people, you know what I mean? That whole ecosystem. Yeah. The whole ecosystem and just, you know, you got to, like my grandpa always said, when you go out, you bring back more than what you went out with. And that's not including anything that you harvest. I mean, that's just garbage. You know, something you see that's not supposed to be there. I mean, you pick up what you find, you pick up what you, you took in with you and you bring it all out. And, you know, as a kid, you're just like, Oh, it's just a plastic bottle or, Hey, that's just, you know, a piece of a tarp or something. But I mean, it's not good at all, especially if an elk or a deer goes and starts eating on that tarp, you know, and possibly life threatening. And, and I'm, there's, I mean, there's a huge, there's a lot of programs out there that, you know, they're going out, they're cleaning up trash. I mean, they're all planting trees, you know, they're relocating trees, they're <laughs> managing crops for wildlife. I mean, it's insane on what people are actually doing and for people not to actually realize what's going on other than, you know, that's just, you know, say public land, you know, that's just there. I mean, we don't need to pick up garbage. I mean, nobody's ever going to see it instead of people. Cause people just don't, they don't realize what's going on out there, you know? And that was, like I said, that was me growing up. I, I had no idea at all. As you know, it's just the neglect and arrogance of a lot of people who just, I mean, they just don't care. They don't realize how big of a part it really is. And a lot of that, a lot of it is, is that, you know, well, I guess it depends on where you're at too, right? I mean, if you're not, if you're not seeing a bunch, then it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? As far as, you know, the trash and things like that go. Um, you get right, into absolutely. some areas, man, I go some areas here in California and it is, it's beyond appalling, man. You go to a nice Creek or something, um, and you get into an area that's easy access and it is just, yeah, it's a, it's a shit show. Um, uh, the amount of trash and it's just crazy. It, it's so unfortunate, man. You know, you go into those is, areas yeah. and you, you know, you see how pristine, it could be, or it was, you know, if you haven't gone in a year and you walk up, man, and it's just littered, it just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, man. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, with that, you know, they, I mean, the, you know, they, that stuff can get closed off from us. You know what I mean? Whether it's public or not. I mean, if it's, you know, I would, would like to think that everyone's doing their job, but if they're not, you know, then, Hey, you know what, this isn't working. We're going to just, nobody's using it you know especially if it's oh go ahead oh, i was gonna say i and i actually can appreciate that right if we're not taking care of it unfortunately that's the way it has to go i i would prefer to see that ecosystem thriving than us going and ruining it because we don't we don't care i'd rather right, see it yeah. closed at that point yeah and i i agree with you because if you know, people got to be held accountable for that stuff too, you know, and you can't just go out there and say like, Hey, you know, this one person is just doing this. I'm just going to assume that's his trash or, you know, he destroyed this fence or anything like that, or 
whatever it could possibly be, you know, I mean, everyone's going to have to be held accountable for it, you know, and that might just be with them closing it down and you can't go in there anymore. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I hate to lose those spaces, man. Cause my opinion of it is once we lose the stuff, it's a lot harder for us to get it back than it is to yeah, maintain definitely. and take care of it, you know, right in the first place. So, yep, definitely. But again, I'd rather see it closed if we're abusing than uh, watch that ecosystem get destroyed. And, you know, then you have one less, one less beautiful place to go visit, man. Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely got to take care of resources for sure. So you have a, <clears throat> you have a post on your IG, man, that uh, couple guys that you hang out with and uh, I forget exactly what the post said, but uh, big things coming from, from this little family. So you guys mapping something out, man, to yeah. hit the hunting world with, or what's, what's all that? Yeah, that's, we're kind of hoping. So we kind of, it's my stepbrother, which is one of my closest friends. And then my best friend for the last 20 years. And, um, we, uh, we've all been fishing. We've all helped each other out through some hard times, you know, hunting, fishing, all that. And, um, we really, it started off with my stepbrother and I wanting to start a fly fishing service, guide service, because my that's all my brother does. So that's kind of where his dream wanted to be and all this, and his own fly shop. I mean, he had big dreams and still does have them. And so my best friend moved back from California because he lived in Lodi for six years and moved back. and. Um, we were like, Hey, why don't we just do a group thing? And that's when Royal Tyne six came together and we're just, I mean, we got quite a bit of, um, content built up already. Just haven't posted any. We're just, we just want to share our story, you know, our battles, you know, the whole, whole shebang and just let people know that, you know, failure is welcome. It's not something that, you want to push away. If you want to be successful, if you want to know the way it feels to be successful. And I mean, you got to go through it all, the failure, the laughs, you know, tears, all of it. And that's, that's kind of what we're wanting to do there is just show the world that, you know, you don't have to go out. You don't have to catch a fish every time. You don't have to kill big buck deer elk or anything every year or i mean it we just want to have fun with it of course and just just show the world that like i said that failure is always welcome if you want to if you want to be where you want to be you gotta you gotta welcome failure like a best friend that's it man that, that builds character cliche again but it is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so your buddy there that that was up in lodi did he do any pig hunting up there they got some good, uh, some good pig country up in Lodi. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't really get into hunting until until he moved back. Huge fisherman, though. That's unfortunate, man. <laughs> some of the it is, yeah. <laughs> some of the real, I, in my opinion, some of the, I don't want to say the best, but really good pig hunting in in California is up that way. Good. Yeah, good, I wish. Good I wish he would have gotten into it. Nah, it's never too late but, to make the drive back. Let's see, Wyoming, nope, eastern I'm, Wyoming to Lodi. So you're talking about 15, 16 hours on the road. Yeah, he's and he's just getting into bow hunting too. So he might be making a trip back, and I might be joining him. <laughs> definitely. In my opinion, it's worth the trip there, man. Pick yeah, definitely. It's a blast. Be something different, for sure. Frustrating as all heck, but uh, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part, right? Heck yeah, man. So cool, man. Anything, uh, anything in closing? You want to shout out your boys or, you know, plug uh, Royal Tyne 6 or anything, man? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you to you for having me on. I appreciate you. Let me tell my story a little bit. And I want to say thank you to Kong Valley Collective, too, for letting me be a part of everything and being so supportive and helpful throughout the whole 
the whole ride. Absolutely, man. And that's about that's about it, man. Good deal, brother. Well, I uh, I appreciate your time, man. I'll let you get back to the wife and uh, the little one. Make sure she doesn't listen too fast, so you can gloat for a day or so as the episode drops, and then uh, yeah, you can catch your beating for that comment earlier. I'm egging her on right now too. <laughs> I might have to stay at work for a couple extra hours. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal, man. Again, I appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll be talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. You can catch up with Charles on Instagram at CK Royal Tines. To learn more about Kong Valley Collective, head over to westerncontours.com. Look for the Kong logo on the partners page. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.